Amen. 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 Praise God for that. Amen. Give them a hand clap. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this evening. If you have your Bibles this evening, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 16. Be Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 6. When you get there, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 6. If you're able to stand for the reading of God's Word, once you get there, please stand tonight. God is good. Amen. Telling you we've had some we had some tremendous services around here this morning. Having one tonight as well. Amen. It is always good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 6. The word of God says, Now when they had gone throughout Pergia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to, to preach the word in Asia. And after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came unto a straight course to Samothraca, and the next day to Nepalus, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and of a colony, and of we were in the city abiding certain days. Now I want to tell you what I'm going to preach on tonight is seeking the are you seeking the will of God or are you seeking your own will tonight? See, there's a difference in the two. There's a the flesh may want to do something else, but the spirit may have an under course. A lot of people seeking what they want instead of what God wants. And I'm convinced that's the reason many prayers ain't being answered. Because they're asking amiss. Heavenly Father, tonight we just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this night. Lord, tonight we ask God for you to bless this message, God. Anoint this speaker to speak your word. Let your word go forth in here tonight, O oh God. Tonight we ask God for you to just move, dear Lord, in here tonight, God.
We ask God for you to just touch, dear God, and let your hand be upon me, dear God, as I bring forth thy word, O God. Lord, tonight we honor you, Lord. Tonight we give you glory, God. We give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Tonight I want to simply speak to you on a simple thought. Are you seeking the will of God or are you seeking your own will tonight? Some would maybe say, what are you saying by that preacher? It's simply like this. Most believers tonight would tell you that they want the will of God for their life. And, the, but, and when they say that, they've already got their mind made up what the will of God should be for their life, if you will. They got their own thoughts, their own ideas of what God should be doing inside of their life. When sometimes, let me tell you, I found out a long time ago that God's will does not match up with man's will most of the time. Did you hear that? For example, I think about Jonah. How many know that God had a will for Jonah? God and God had a will for Nineveh. Let me show you the difference between the two wills, if you will. How many know that God willed for Nineveh to repent? Nineveh was down to a matter of days before judgment was coming, before the city would be destroyed. But God was wanting that city. God was wanting that wicked city to come to repentance. Folks, let me tell you, God don't take no pleasure in judging. How many know that tonight? That's the reason tonight I can say, people say, when's God going to judge? I'll tell you. One day it's going to happen, but I'll tell you right now, God's got a will for America to repent tonight. God's got a will for people in this society to come to Him tonight. Amen? God's got a will that none should perish but that all would come to repentance I know Nineveh was wicked just like I know this world is wicked tonight but yet I know that there's still the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I know that there where sin abounds the grace of God abounds that much more so what are you saying preacher I'm telling you that God's will was for revival to come to Nineveh, was for judgment to be spared. But that was not what Jonah wanted. How many know Jonah wanted something totally different than what God wanted? How many know that Jonah wanted his will to be done? You see, you got to understand the Nineveh was the arch enemy of Jonah and his people. Um, so Jonah said, I want you, I want, I just want to see them wiped out. I want to see them completely destroyed. I want to see the head, I want to see God just completely wipe off the complete city right there. So what you're seeing right there is you see the will of man versus the will of God. And Jonah thought God should all, all of a sudden 
just wasting it. Lay it down to waste and just destroy it. But God had a different purpose. God had a different plan. You see, God's plan was for a city to repent. God's plan, His will, was people to turn to Him in repentance of the sin, if you will. So what we see right there is a will case of two wills. The will of God and the will of man. So here's the truth in many cases tonight. Many people who are saying they want the will of God don't know what they're talking about most of the time. Most people that say they want the will of God are wanting what their flesh is wanting. Not truly knowing what God is wanting. And very few tonight are really seeking what really what God is desiring. Very few are really seeking the move of God, the will of God in their life, in their situation, in their in this country, and etc. If you will. You see, let's understand God's call. You see, understand the call of God, the will of God, if you will. You see, that call of God, the will of God is about what God is wanting and not about what you are wanting tonight. Amen. Hey, let's get that understand God's will is what he wants and not what you want tonight. You see, when he calls someone, when he calls one for a specific purpose, he calls not your specific purpose, but God's specific purpose. What he has planned, what he wants done. In other words, again, it's not about what your flesh is desiring. It wasn't about what Jonah was wanting. It was all about what God was wanting tonight. You see, I believe the church misses that in many cases. I believe the church misses what God is wanting tonight. My Lord, tonight let me tell you, I'll tell you some of the things that are the will of God. He's willing that this house may be filled. Amen? He's willing that none should perish but all come to repentance. He's willing for His church. His will is for His church to go into the highways and the byways compel the lame. Man, my Lord, compel those that the world's cast out to bring them into his house tonight. You see, listen here tonight. That just, brother just talking about that homeless man. How many know Jesus Christ died for that homeless man as much as he did anyone else tonight? How many know that Jesus Christ paid the price for the outcast tonight? You see, we got to understand the will of God tonight. We got to understand that God is calling for a purpose and it is his purpose tonight. We think about one that God called in the New Testament. I read about right here before he was saved his name was Saul of Taurus. How many know he was a persecutor? My Lord, how many know he caused a ruckus on the church. How many know he persecuted But yet God still had a plan for him. God had a will for him. My Lord, on that Damascus road, he was on his way to get more Christians. Have them arrested. But guess who appeared to him? Saul, Saul! While thou persecutest me. Right there, let me tell you, we see that Jesus 
got a hold of him. We see that Jesus had called him. You see, he, had, he was a chosen vessel to do the work of God. In Acts 9 and 15, we see that Paul was called to carry the gospel. Notice to the Gentiles, let me read this. But the Lord said unto him, Go your way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. Notice the word Gentiles is first. Then and kings and the children of Israel. See, Paul's purpose, his greatest calling, was to the Gentiles. Hello? Think about it for just a minute. That was the principal calling right there for the Apostle Paul. What we find out about Saul is that when, he, God got, when the Lord got a hold of him, he would have to go somewhere unexpected at first. Think about it. One would think it would be natural for Paul to stay in Jerusalem after all his background was there. He spoke fluent Hebrew. He was a Pharisee. It seemed that would be the natural place for him. But I remind you that God had called Paul to the Gentiles. And his stay in Jerusalem did not last long. We know Paul did proclaim the gospel in Jerusalem in the synagogues in his arrival. We know he enraged the Jewish people. And that we know they conspired to kill him. And local believers learned of the plot and helped him out of the city. And where did Paul go? Paul ended up going to Antioch. This is where God was starting everything. Think about Antioch. You say, why Antioch and not Jerusalem? You see, God saw Antioch was the right place for this man. It was the right place and the right time for the Apostle Paul. He could learn lessons there in Antioch that he could not learn in Jerusalem. See, when God calls us to places, you're going to learn and you get in the will of God and God placed you somewhere. You're going to learn things there you couldn't learn somewhere else. God's going to teach you lessons in your Antioch that he couldn't teach you in Jerusalem. You see, I'm about 600 miles from home. <laughs> but I can learn lessons up here. I've learned lessons up here that I, didn't, I couldn't learn down home. See, I learned lessons here that I didn't learn when I first started pastoring before. I, told, I tell people all the time, I say, different challenges, but sometimes it's the same devil that we're facing. But yet I learn things different, grow more here than I was in my first pastorate. And Antioch was a place where God could show Paul things and Paul could learn 
that he couldn't learn if he would have stayed in Jerusalem. See, many would have wanted to stay where they were comfortable at. Many would want to stay where they were familiar at instead of following the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. Because it's a whole lot easier to stay where it's comfortable than to step out where you don't know. How many know that? How many know it's easier to just, man, where you know everything's going on at? But you could see right here when God would shift Paul from Jerusalem to Antioch, it was a shift in his comfort zone. It was a shift to show Paul, get him out of the familiarity, to get him out of the place he was comfortable at. You see, I thought about it tonight. Too many people are missing the will of God because of their preconceived notions. They're missing the will of God because they're looking for what they're wanting and not what God is wanting. They're missing the will of God, seeking their own will instead of what God is wanting for their life. Hello? People are like literally missing because they don't want to move on from their familiarity. They're wanting something they're comfortable with. They don't want to leave their Jerusalem and go to the Antioch that God's prepared for them. And by the way, Paul didn't just go to Antioch. He went at many mission journeys. But I thought about how many would literally miss the will of God because I'm happy in Jerusalem. I'm familiar with everything around me. But they would not go to their Antioch. Put it in terms like this. How many preachers have not moved with the Spirit of God? Because familiar my Jerusalem my culture what I want man I, why should I move when everything's so familiar to me it's comfortable to it and they're going to miss out on some of the blessings of God let me just say preachers are like that some preachers won't go to let me just say this like this let me tell any pastor that won't take a small church Hello, hello, you better search where you're at with God tonight. God calls you to a church of 10, you better take it before you take a church of 200 that God didn't call you to. But I'll say this also, there's many churches that have rejected the will of God. Hello, they rejected pastors because they didn't meet, that pastor didn't meet what they were looking for. Hello? Oh, I thought to myself, if John the Baptist was up for a candidate in a lot of churches, he wouldn't be elected. If Paul was surely... If somebody, if Paul would come into churches and he was a candidate to be a pastor, they wouldn't elect him. If David would come in wanting to be a pastor, some would cast him out because of what he done. Moses, 
And listen, a lot of them would have rejected Moses as well. <laughs> and I dare to even say, there's quite a few that would even reject Jesus Christ. <laughs> even though they got his name on the door. <laughs> Don't believe me? Just look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Hello. But they reject pastors because he's not what we're looking for. He's not what we desire. We want somebody that's got a name to him. Honey, you need to quit looking for somebody that's got a name to him and start looking for somebody that's got an anointing to him. Hello? You need to quit looking for somebody that's going to pet your sin and start looking for somebody that's going to preach against your sin. You better quit looking for somebody that's going to be your buddy and start looking for somebody that's going to tell it like it is to keep you from going to hell. Hello? I'm telling you, a lot of churches reject men of God. But that ain't nothing new. How many know? They miss the will of God because they're seeking what they want. They're seeking what they desire, not what God's looking for. I Lord, some, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this strong, and I ain't talking about nobody in particular, not in Pennsylvania here, but there's some churches that are looking for pastors that will pay the bills and say, well, they don't have to tithe. Amen. Amen. Hello. Hello, I'm just telling you the truth tonight. But I'm going to tell you, this ain't nothing new. They don't have the look we want, we're going to reject them. And that's the reason many times they get a Saul instead of a David. You see, God's will was always, you know, Israel wanted a king, didn't he? How many know God always had a will for them to have a king at the right time? Who was God's will? David. David was the will of God. Who was the will of man? Who was the choice of man? Saul, King Saul. My Lord, look how it turned out. There's some that are getting Saul's tonight instead of the David's. They're going their way and it's going to get them in a world of mess instead of waiting on the will of God. Man, if you talk to Israel, boy, they blowed it, didn't they? Because they thought Saul was where it was at. They weren't really seeking God's will. They were really seeking God's will. They would have waited on David. But they said, we want a king. We want Saul. He's their chosen one. The shepherd boy was all, the one they didn't think of was the one that was always chosen by God. That was the one that was chosen. That was the choice of God. He was the will of God. Not Saul. The will of man versus the will of God. How many know how it turned out for Saul? How many know it got to a point God did, he couldn't hear from God, he turned to witchcraft? How many know he died by suicide? Man, he had a good start, but he had a, he had a bad ending. It didn't, see, that's what happens. When you start seeking your will, it may be good but it's going to end in badness. 
The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end result of it is the ways of death. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up, people. God's calling us to seek his will, not our will tonight. God's calling us to seek after him, not what we want, but what after he wants. And let me tell you, we'll be in a whole lot better shape if we would just wait on God, if we would just depend on God and follow after God instead of trying to do things our way. People missed out on what God was wanting to do because God's will was not what they wanted for themselves. How many know Israel has missed out on a lot of it because they rejected Jesus Christ? I know Israel's coming back in, but they rejected Jesus Christ. Hello, my Lord, let me tell you, if the world rejects you, don't worry. The world's rejected Christ as well. I'm in pretty good company there. Hey, man, I'm in pretty good company. The world rejects you, they'll reject Jesus Christ. So what if the church world rejects you? The, many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they got rejected as well. Did they reject, excuse me, let me paraphrase it. I'm getting tongue-tied. They rejected Jesus Christ as well. But we want what we want. Just think, if Paul, would have ignored the Holy Spirit's promptings. You know, he could have missed out completely on God's revelation of the church, his spiritual development, and being able to connect to the Gentile world. That's the reason I'm telling you tonight, church, you've got to be sensitive to the Spirit. You've got to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Paul was sensitive to the moving of the Spirit of God. He, he knew the prompting of the Spirit of God. See, here's the thing. We got to get to the point in our walk with Christ where we say, not my will, but thy will be done. We got to get to the point where we say, like John the Baptist said, I must decrease where he can increase. We must get to the point it says, it's not I that live, but Christ liveth in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. We got to get to that point. See, if you're going to find God's will, let me tell you, you're going to have to crucify the flesh. In other words, you're going to have to get out of the way. And let me just say, it took 40 years to get the Moses out of Moses. And I'm convinced in the church today, we need to get the we out of we. Here we need to get the I out of I. How many know the word I can be dangerous? How many know what I will exalt? I will ascend. I will be like the most high. Who said that? Lucifer said that. He had a couple more eyes in there too. See, we need to get the eyes out of the way and get the hymns in the way. I'm talking about Jesus in the way. Amen. We got, to, we got to be sensitive to the Spirit of God tonight, folks. See, that's the, this is an important thing. When you begin to seek the will of God, and when you want God to move, you need to be sensitive to what He said. You need to ask God, 
You need to search it out. Try it. What God's telling you, is it me or is it you, God? Be sensitive. He'll tell you. He'll lead you the right path. See, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19 tells us, do not quench the Spirit. Quench means put out, if you will. The greatest hindrance in carrying out the will of God in one's life is that of self-will. Self-will, carnality, flesh, all means the same thing. Me, myself, and I. In other words, self-will will extinguish the track on which we are going. In other words, if we're following the Spirit, when we get ourselves, put ourselves in the way, it'll, get into the, it'll hinder the work of God, the will of God in our lives. Why do you think Jesus said, pick up your cross daily? Why do you think Jesus said, crucify your flesh? He didn't tell you to pick up your cross once a month. He didn't tell you to pick up your cross once a year. He didn't tell you to pick up your cross once in a lifetime. Why, what, did he te- how many time, what did he tell you to do with your cross? Pick it up when? Daily. Crucify the flesh. See, self-will will get us off track. Self-will will hinder the move of God on our life. And now going back to my scripture that I read earlier. What we begin to see right here is a man who followed and who was sensitive to the will of God and the voice of God. It wasn't about what he wanted. Even though there was places right here, man, they needed the gospel preached to them too, didn't they? We see this right here. Now, they, first of all, we see there was a couple places that Paul wanted to go preach at, didn't he? But what happened? First, Asia. The Spirit said, wouldn't let him go. Then Bithia, the Spirit suffered him not to go. Let me tell you, Paul wanted to go preach there. And no doubt these people needed the gospel preached to them. How many know that? This seems noble. This seems noble. After all, the gospel needed to be presented to these people as well. This went where God was wanting them to go. Even though the need was there for the gospel. See, God had a different thing. God had a different plan. God had a different will. Paul was wanting to go in these places, but God's will, no, 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 no. That wasn't God's will right now. I have no doubt the gospel got there, but this wasn't right here, right here in Acts 16. It was not God's will for them to go there. Why did God, if it was, the door would have been open, but the Spirit told them not to go. Now here's where, let me just tell you what happened here today. A lot of people would have went on anyway and missed out what God was wanting to do. They would have missed the complete will of God. See, God had a will, if you will. 
God's will was for them to go into Macedonia. Not the Asia Bithia right here. God's will was Macedonia for them to present the gospel there. It tells me we better, whether we're preachers or not, we need to be seeking the will of God. Believers, you need to be seeking the will of God. See, what, what, how do you seek the will of God? How are you going to do it? You need to be praying. You need to be seeking the face of God. Hello, you need to be hungry, seeking after His face. And I tell you, Paul and Silas right here, I have no doubt they were seeking the face of God. But not only that, not only were they seeking the face of God, they had their ears in tune to what God was saying. What did I preach Sunday last Sunday night? Giving heed to things. I want to just remind you the Bible tells us, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. What it tells me that the Spirit of God speaking. The question is, are you listening? The question is, is your ears in tune to it? Paul and Silas had their ears in tune to what God was wanting. They didn't go to those places that God shut the door. They didn't try to kick those doors down where God had closed for them. Oh no, they were really interested in doing the work of God. Here's the truth today. Many are not so interested in the will of God but really in the will of their self. Paul and Silas, they were interested in the will of God. You look at the disciples who forsook all the follower after Jesus. You tell me where their interest was. Their interest was after doing the will of Christ. I ask you tonight, how many in here are looking for what God is wanting to do. Or how many is looking for what they want to do. Honey, not everybody's called to a pulpit ministry. Not everybody's called to a music ministry. I'm not. It's the reason I retired from getting on the roof after two times. I ain't got no, I can't play a guitar. I can probably beat these things, but that's about it. <laughs> I, can, I can hit a few. I could probably, that's about it on that too. <laughs> but I know God's called me to preach. People ain't interested in doing the will, they're interested in doing what they want to do. See, I find it interesting. People want to find things that will bring them glory. Let me tell you something. If you ain't trying to bring glory to God, and you're trying to bring glory to yourself, you're, you're, you're wrong. This thing of ain't about glorifying yourself. Let me tell you, I get sick of the preachers that try to become superstars. Amen. God never called me to be a superstar. He just called me to proclaim his name uplift him tonight. I don't want to be a superstar. Amen. I don't want to be one of these superstar preachers that have to have everything their way. Uh -uh, that ain't what God called me to. He didn't call me to be a celebrity. 
He called me to proclaim the gospel to this world. Amen. He called me to be a John the Baptist. Amen. He called me to be like Paul. Amen. He called me to ruffle some feathers with the gospel of Jesus Christ tonight. He didn't call me to uplift Jimmy Dellinger. He called me to uplift Jesus Christ tonight. That's the will of God. Uplifting Jesus Christ this evening. Think about it. But we'd see that they would seek the face of God. We would see they hungered for a move of God where God would take them. And what happened next is we see that God would show Paul his will for where God wanted them to go. In Acts 16 and 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. What it tells me, that if you seek him, you will find him. If you seek his will, he'll show you. See, what God did showed him in a vision. Here, showed him a man, said, Macedonia said, we need your help. See, here was the will of God. For Paul and Silas. This is where God was wanting them to go to. Not Asia. Not Bithia. Macedonia was the place that God had willed for them to go right here. Oh, listen. When God shows you his will, there's something else that must happen. Yes, it is one thing to know the will of God. But it's another thing to deliberately position yourself. To be in the will of God. Hello, it's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to do it. See, in other words, you, you may know it, but now you've got to obey it. You've got to put feet to it, if you will. What happened when God showed them this vision? Acts 16 and 10. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. What we see is an instant obedience to the call of God. To do what God called them in the place and to go to the place that God needed them at. And this is the way it ought to be right now. But too often, believers have a hard time embracing that which God has called. Listen, because just like I told you earlier, Paul. God would call him from Jerusalem to Antioch. Jerusalem was the comfort zone. The place of familiarity. The place that he knew about. See, but many times God calls us to break our comfort zone. No doubt, Paul may have struggled with this. Because most of us in the flesh would at times. Remember... Paul's first calling was to Gentiles. But yet, Paul was a Jew, inside and out. And being a Jew, he knew the customs, he knew the culture by heart, and he knew how the people thought. Paul was comfortable in Jerusalem. Boy, when God would send him to Antioch, 
it was new. And can I tell you when God does something new, a lot of times it's scary. A lot of times it can be intimidating for sure. Why? Because we don't know what lies ahead. We don't know what lies ahead. I found out something. God don't show us everything ahead. He just tells us to walk by faith. Because I'm convinced if we knew everything that lied ahead, most, a lot of people would be stuck and wouldn't move. But this, it could be scary. It could be new. They don't want change, if you will. See? Change for Paul. There was changes for Paul. And very few people enjoy new things, new changes come their way. Here's the truth. Most don't like it. Because why? We like what's comfortable. And our flesh will gravitate to that which is easy. And most people will draw away from anything that rocks our boat. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes God will rock our boats. Many times, God calls us out of the comfort zone. Marcy, you can get ready to head up this way. Gets us places, sends us places where we normally wouldn't think we would ever go to. But yet, I find man wants to keep their self in that place of comfort. They don't want God to move them to shake their comfort zone. Man, they want God to keep them in a place of comfort. When God may be saying, it's time to get out of your Jerusalem and head to your Antioch. Maybe God's telling you, it's time, it's time for your boat to be rocked. We want to gravitate. We don't want to have our boats rocked. We don't want to leave the comfort in the will of God. We think God wants us to be comfortable. But I'm going to tell you, there's times where God removes the comfort zone. There's times where God, in His will, takes us to places in our journeys where we wonder, where are we going? Where in the world are we going? I'll tell you. I've told you many times. I've never heard of Houston Town, Pennsylvania. I've never heard of Fulton County. I ain't never heard of Chambersburg. I ain't never heard of Bedford. said, Houston Town, Pennsylvania. Where's that at? Has to be a spot in the road. Hey, honestly, it is. Just like Robbinsville, North Carolina was a spot in the road. I didn't know where I was going. I've been in many states with the Church of God. But I've never been to Pennsylvania. It was actually the last resume that I sent out. To the state of Pennsylvania. I thought I'd be going to Florida or somewhere like that. <laughs> God knows I enjoyed that four letter word, and we'll leave it right there. Starts with an S and ends with an O. W. <laughs> but no, God knew what He was doing. God knew exactly what He was doing when He called me from one place to another. See, that's the will of God. You see, taking that journey 600 miles. Is not was not necessarily easy to the flesh. 
It's never easy to pack up to go. It rocks your comfort zone. I didn't know you, and you didn't know me. Probably good you didn't know me at the time. <laughs> no, the unfamiliar. It's what God moved from Paul from Jerusalem to Antioch. And I'm telling you, this is the reason that most people are seeking what they want for their life instead of what God wants for their life. Listen. They don't think God's going to move them out of their comfort zone. God moves the comfort zone, folks. That's the reason people don't, are, God, I want you to keep me 10 miles from my house. I want you to do this and I want you to do that. When, when God says, I want you to go seven, 800 miles away, God, that ain't you. When it is God. God, I, I, I want to do something for you. But I don't want to leave 25-mile race. But God says, I got Africa for you. <laughs> I got a foreign country for you. <laughs> My, now, man, people say, Lord, I don't think that's you, but it is God. See, that's what I'm talking about. People don't want what they, they don't really want what God wants. They really want what? I, let me just take it back to Jonah. Let me just tell you one of the most evil, rotten cities around is Washington, D.C. The most crooked place I could think of. What if God called you to be a Jonah to go down there on Capitol Hill and start declaring you got 40 days? Repent. You got 40 days. What would you want God to do? Would you want God to wipe it out or would you want God to just save them people? Save it. Exactly. Save it. But a lot of people say, God, I don't want to go there. A lot of people would have the attitude of Jonah. Well, God's will is that none should perish. But all come to repentance. Why do you think? I look at the evilness going on in the world, and sometimes we wonder, God, why have you tarried so long? It's because he's willing that none should perish, no matter what they've done. He's willing some come to the Lord. He's willing they all get saved. Most will reject him, to be honest with you. But he's doing everything he can to draw people back. And I believe we're in that, that last hour. I honest to goodness believe that. And in this last hour, I'm telling you, there's going to come a day. He's going to say enough's enough. Let me just tell you something about Nineveh. Nineveh repented, but if you read on over, you'll find out the Nineveh was eventually destroyed because they backslid. Turned back on God. But I will tell you, we've got to get interested in God's will, not our will this night. You can stand it here tonight if you're able. And we're going to do this altar call like this. And maybe we say, Preacher, I want the will of God. But maybe if to get the will of God, maybe the flesh needs to get out of the way. Maybe the flesh needs to get out of the way. God, get my flesh out of, your, out of my way tonight, God, that I can get in tune with your will tonight. I want to invite you to these altars this evening. Let God move upon you. We'll see those online Wednesday evening. Let God work in your life. Let God do the work. God, I want your will. I want your will. 
I want your will, God. Help my flesh to get out of the way, oh God. Help my flesh to get out of the way, oh God. 